How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama. Oh my mama made it, man. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. Especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth you probably should pay him but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King. Locked on trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah blah. No more Geno time. We watching Jay do the Zaza. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network here for you Monday through Friday. Today is the Tuesday show, which uh, I can understand if you're a little frustrated listening to this, or maybe you uh, are frustrated for a lot of reasons here. The Celtics gave us nothing, nothing against the Atlanta Hawks. Well, I shouldn't say nothing. They gave us very little to be happy about. I'm John Corrales, along with Sam Jam Packard. We're the Rain and Jays coming at you post game after the Celtics lost to the Atlanta Hawks, one fourteen to ninety eight, in a game that they were in for a while, and then it just the wheels fell off in the second half. In the second half, the Celtics were outscored sixty three to fifty one. They shot forty percent in the second half, which actually was an improvement because they shot 39% for, for the entire game. Uh, people who went to this game, if you are a SeatGeek user and you've downloaded the SeatGeek app, you're probably happy that you saved some money. But unfortunately, SeatGeek can't give you a refund for having witnessed what you witnessed. They have great customer service, but it's not that good. <laughs> the Celtics should probably give you a refund. Uh, so let's just dive into it, Sam. Uh, what the hell's going on with this team? That's a good question. Uh, the offense is definitely struggling, and we've seen that um, in three games since the All-Star break. And I actually thought um, tonight they they were doing, in the first half at least, they were doing a, a decent job of moving the basketball. I thought they had a lot of open looks, and they really um, – they were shooting something like 32% or th- – uh, what's my note on that? They were shooting 38% in the first half and then were only down four. So I thought they like really had a chance in this basketball game and it's going to be one of those times when it's uh, – they kind of – everything clicked together and uh, they kind of – the shots started falling. And the exact opposite happened. Uh, they had – there was the whole shenanigans with Dwight Howard, which would you'd think would kind of make the team – better and kind of ride the energy of the crowd and he's doing a pretty good job protecting the rim so you thought that might open up the offense for Isaiah and just the wheels completely fell off the offense was just not there and 
I mean, it starts with Isaiah Thomas. If he's going to get all the praise for King of the Fourth, he was pretty bad tonight, and he hasn't been great lately. I don't think it's a, a huge problem. I obviously don't know if his 30-point-per-game kind of pace is sustainable, but I still expect him to get at least 25 a night. Um, so, I don't know. He's just wasn't playing well, but he was missing kind of – it's not like he was taking bad shots. He was doing a pretty good job of taking it to the rim, but he missed some – uncharacteristic layups. I don't know. It's it's kind of confusing, but the I thought the ball movement was good at start, to, to start, and then the shots just didn't fall, and then who knows what happens when the wheels fell off. Yeah. There, there was a, a moment there where, okay, so Dwight Howard got ejected with four minutes to go in the third quarter, and I thought this is an opportunity for them to make a little bit of a run. Howard had just gotten that dunk. The the Hawks had gone up nine, and I felt like, here we go. And it, it was quite the opposite. They ended up pushing that lead up to 15 at one point, and then the fourth quarter was just a big debacle. There was no real uh, cohesion. There was no uh, – Brad Stevens started it started the court without Isaiah Thomas on the floor, which I don't know if it would have mattered because Isaiah Thomas played so poorly or shot so poorly tonight. He actually, at the beginning of the game, I thought Isaiah was playing pretty well. He was doing other things. He was on a pace for a potential triple-double. He was playing some defense. He had some nice defensive plays. The shot just never fell for him. He shot four of 21, one of six, from three, the only reason that he came close to extending his streak, he scored 19 points tonight. He was 10 of 10 from the line. So there, there are a couple ways we can go with this. There's a reactionary way that a lot of people on Twitter are, are, are going. Somehow this goes bad. This is Danny Ainge's fault. And I can't quite follow the logic because people are throwing different logic at me. Some people say it's Danny Ainge's fault for keeping this roster the way it is. Other people are saying it's Danny Ainge's fault for not doing something. Somehow he's sending signals to these guys that it's okay to suck. And I don't know. I can't follow the logic really. But Well, no, here, here's it from uh, Danny sent a message. They received it. They, and they are not trying because Danny has given up on the entire season. Yeah, something along those lines, which – I understand. Okay, we're frustrated. There's a lot of anger out there. That's such a weird... All of these, like, tropes that are being thrown out there are all... It's all made-up stuff. That's all made-up stuff. These are professionals who are out there trying to win a game. They're not giving some half-assed effort because they're like, well, there's no point... Tonight during the game where an, a, a Celtics player was sitting there thinking about Danny Ainge, you know, saying, oh, God, uh, that trade deadline, I'm just not going to grab that rebound. You know what? The Celtics had problems grabbing those rebounds all year long. Uh, Isaiah Thomas missed shots not because Danny Ainge was shopping other guys around. It, it had nothing to do with that. Now, we can we, we can get into – and I, I don't want to, but we get into the trade deadline stuff and the, the, the psyche on, on some of these guys. But usually if a guy isn't traded at the trade deadline and his name has been in there, 
they come out after the break and, and play better. They're free. They feel good. They, they at least know what their life is going to be like. So I don't buy into any of this stuff. These are professionals. They're grown men. They're paid very well. They're trying to get, at the very least, they, the wins and the statistics make them look good. So they're going to go out and go for that if you have any sort of thought that these guys might be not trying. At the very least, shooting well, hitting shots, playing well together is enough to at least make you earn more money when it comes to the contract. When you don't play well, you risk losing money. So let's throw all of that stuff out the window. The Celtics just didn't play well because they don't play well some nights. When you shoot 39%, you're going to lose. And that's just what happened. And they had a ton of turnovers too, 18 turnovers, 25 points off of those turnovers. They, they, they just made some really bad plays. They lost their composure. What else can you say about that? Well, this, there's not many chances I get on the podcast to use a Latin phrase, but it's uh, post hoc ergo proctor hoc. It's a logical fallacy when you're just saying because B happened after A, A caused B. And it's just – it's so stupid. It's it, Just because they played poorly after the trade deadline doesn't mean that they're playing poorly because of the trade deadline. If they came out and won this, these three games and were like super uh, – just had super great games and had blowouts, you also couldn't make the argument that like Danny Ainge really showed these guys that he believed in them and he, they're responding to that. It's basically just using whatever – it's just a narrative sports talk radio bullshit and it's just incredibly – frustrating when it's coupled with uh, the Celtics playing this poorly. But I don't think the problem is anything to do with the trade deadline. I think the problem is Isaiah Thomas, the star of the team, uh, had seven turnovers tonight. They were ex- the Hawks were extremely physical with him. Uh, it wasn't his best game. He did not get him any foul calls when he went to the rim repeatedly. It's going to happen. And so if you when Isaiah struggles and you know the rest of the team struggles other than Jalen Brown – the Celtics are going to struggle to score points, and sometimes they just got to knock down open jump shots, and it just didn't – those weren't falling for the Celtics tonight. They missed a lot of bunnies. Those weren't falling. It's a shitty game. I don't think uh, it's a terrible pattern. Uh, they haven't had the greatest kind of offensive execution since the All-Star break, but I think it will help um, with Avery Bradley coming back to the lineup. I thought he was solid in his first 15 minutes, so it's – it's not a huge concern for me about the Celtics. It certainly would like to see them playing better, but I don't know. This this whole trade deadline narrative bullshit has is, <laughs> is gotten me a, a bit frustrated here. It's, I, I agree with you. It's not – it, it, people are looking for excuses. They want something. They want answers, and, and that's not it. It's, there's no mental mind games, none of that stuff. I think there's a bigger issue here, and when we look at this team – it's about Isaiah Thomas, and it's about the playoffs. And what, first of all, about the playoffs, I know those are going to be hard tickets to get. You can get those tickets on the SeatGeek app. It's the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for games you want to see up close and in person this season and this postseason because the Celtics are going to the postseason. Uh, that is an almost certainty unless they lose every game from now on. Of course, playing the way they did they might lose every game from now on if they keep playing like this but they're going to go to the playoffs the Celtics are going to have at least a few home games and hopefully maybe eight or nine or ten 
of them. So download the SeatGeek app. When you do that, you'll see that it, it, you can get the best deal on every ticket, even those playoff tickets. Those are going to be uh, – SeatGeek's going to do all of the work. They're going to make sure you get the most bang for your buck. You open up the app. You can see the red, the yellow, the green, the, where the, the best deals in the house are, and they will make sure that every ticket is backed by their 100% guarantee. So you know you're going to get the best value. And you can also, if you haven't done this yet, you get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you got to do is follow these simple instructions. Download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab. Add click a promo code. Enter the promo code LOCELTICS. Buy yourself some tickets to the Celtics, a show, another sport, another game, whatever it is. They will send you $20 back after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code LOCELTICS today. Now, when you do that and you buy those tickets and you go watch Isaiah Thomas get defended differently than he's been defended earlier this this part of the season, uh, earlier this season, one thing that we're seeing is Isaiah being guarded by bigger guys and it's the playoff strategy that Atlanta used at the end of last season. And Isaiah is being bothered by the size, the height. And if he's not getting any help, then the Celtics are going to be in a lot of trouble. And we look at the help that he was getting today. Kelly Olynyk was terrible, terrible today. He's been terrible for a couple of games now. Uh, Al Horford, six points on nine shots. He was trying to be more aggressive. He has not been hitting shots. Jay Crowder, two of nine. So when those guys can't bail out Isaiah, when they can't be the overflow, you know, Marcus Smart had a lot of great hustle plays and very inspiring, but five of 13, two of seven from three. When, when they take Isaiah out of the game, they're daring the rest of the team to make up for what they're taking away from him. And until they do that, until they show that they can do that, then they're going to just keep stacking it up against Isaiah Thomas. And today we saw he had a lot of problems, and they can't call every foul when he gets into the lane, he, or else he would have been at the line 25 times. So I think the biggest thing that the Celtics have to do is figure out a way to get Horford going, to get Olenek going, and, and start playing better a little bit more consistently. Yeah, and maybe the return of Avery Bradley is the kind of the exact thing this Celtics team needs right now because he, when he was healthy, was their kind of most consistent scorer and someone who could really knock down the jump shot and kind of stretch out the offense. Uh, I liked, even though Horford was not uh, great tonight, only finishing with six points, three or nine, I liked kind of his, his aggressiveness and willingness to take three-point shots. I feel like he... He's definitely slumping right now, but he's got to get back into it. And he's like him actually going for the shot is uh, is better than kind of slinking away from it as he did in earlier games. Um, but I I don't know what it is. I don't think the offense needs to be completely retooled because, like I said earlier, there's some of the shots were there. Um, they just happened to miss them. I, but I think that 
Avery Bradley coming back will definitely help them. Uh, he seemed to think he could go much longer than 15 minutes. I wouldn't uh, be surprised if they stretched him out more against the Cavs on Wednesday. Um, but I don't know. It's the, it, would you be sh- totally shocked if they ca- the, this Celtics team came out and beat the, the Cavs in their next game? Nothing would surprise me. Nothing will surprise me with these guys. They, they could come out and get blown out by 30. They could go out there and win by 30, and it wouldn't really be surprising because it's hard to, it's hard to figure out, I think, sometimes what, what pushes some guys to play well. I, I, don't think, I don't think they're going to win. If they win, it'll be close. Um, and which is great analysis there, John. Um, <laughs> Al Horford struggles against the Cavs, and so that's going to be tough. Uh, if if he can get past whatever it is that Cleveland is throwing at him and play well, play better, then they'll have a chance to win the game. My my biggest problem with Horford and his offense is that. I think this team needs him to be more aggressive with the shot. And he's such a great passer that – and he loves to be a passer. He's a very willing passer. I'm still – it almost was like the the criticism that we had of Kevin Garnett back when he, when he was here that you can do so many things well, but we need you to be a scorer. We need him. We can't have Horford out there scoring six points. And now, of course, Crowder only scored six, and Bradley only – well, Bradley only played 15 minutes. But we need him to go out and score and be a 15- to 20-point guy. So whatever he's doing, he needs to just be more aggressive looking for his shot. The Celtics took 87 shots tonight. There's room – in this offense for another 13 shots to be taken. The Celtics could go out there and easily whip off 100 shots a game, no problem. But they have to be aggressive. I don't mind an early shot clock type of offense. Horford, Crowder, Bradley, Isaiah, all of those guys in the starting lineup, when they have a clean, open look, whether it's 22 seconds or two seconds on the shot clock, I like it. Take your shot. So when they face Cleveland, that's what I want. I want Horford to go out there looking for his shot and and, and being more aggressive. Same thing with Kelly Olynyk, which we've been saying since the day he was drafted practically. Shoot your shot. You got that shot. Shoot it. So I wish Marcus Smart's mentality was was more – in Al Horford and Kelly Olynyk, and vice versa, that Smart was a little more selective. I think he's kind of gotten away a little bit from the selectiveness. And I think maybe Marcus Smart is reacting to some of these other guys not willing to shoot, that he's like, somebody's got to shoot it, I'll do it. And that's not what we want. We want the other guys to be that way and Smart to kind of get the overflow. Yeah, the thing with Horford is that it – the Celtics need him to be aggressive, not just in the first six minutes of the first quarter. I feel like that's what they go into every game saying, oh, we need to get out of the ball, and he hasn't like a post-up on the first couple possessions, then goes back to it again, and then it kind of they just go back to their normal offense. So they need to keep giving Al Horford the ball. Uh, 
the question is, can can they kind of keep their same offense and then get him the same number of post touches and not kind of ruin the flow of everything? Because it feels like his offense is either at the three-point line or in the post. And if he's going to be playing and doing the setting high picks at the top of the key, I don't know, maybe you're just looking for him to drive more, but he hasn't really shown his adeptness at making layups on, on driving to the hoop like that. So I don't, I don't know what the exact solution is, but it feels like even if it like they go to Al Horford early in the first half, but they need to just keep coming back to Al Horford because eventually if the Celtics are going to be firing on all cylinders and not totally reliant on Isaiah Thomas' offense, you're right. They're going to need Al Horford to step up and probably be their second best scorer. Um, I know Avery Bradley's back, but it really to have that good inside-out dynamic, you really want to have Al Horford kind of step up and scoring at least over 15 points a game, which is not something we've really seen him do consistently here for the Celtics. So... I think it's just that you got to keep feeding him and hope the hope the offense falls in around him because I I have faith in him to make the right decision in terms of his playmaking. Uh, but you're right, his aggression needs to get in there. Maybe maybe he just needs to have some like some set. So, well, we had the Freaky Friday scenario in last night's podcast. So just the same thing with Marcus Smart. They just need to walk by a bunch of spooky places with electricity and uh, ghosts, and maybe something will work itself out. All right, let's let's turn to some of the more positive things to come out of this because, you know, I, I don't want to go too nuts. I think this team can figure it out. We know that they're not a finished product, but I think they're smart enough to figure this out, and, and they will. On the positive side, Jalen Brown had maybe his best game as a Celtic, and he's having his best stretch over the past few games. That He's suddenly been able to kind of, I don't know, feel better, kind of get more comfortable in the league. He's shooting better. He's, he was 2 of 4 from 3. He was 6 of 10 overall uh, attacking. that Making layups? Making layups, catching alley-oops, doing a lot of different things, five rebounds, you know, getting an assist. That's He's kind of slowly figuring it out. That's a very positive development. Yeah, his he's the kind of the lone bright spot, but he's really come much further than I even expected uh, at all for entering this season. Just seeing how kind of he's not a total liability on defense and uh, basically earning his minutes in the game to show what he can do on offense. And he's really been impressive taking the ball to the rim at any chance he can get and more finesse t- uh, finishing around the rim and. The most important thing, the thing that's going to keep him in this rotation moving forward, knocking down corner threes. If he can just stay planted in the corner while the rest of the starters are going to work and Isaiah can drive and find him in a corner and rely on him to knock down that corner three, that will be incredibly valuable to the Celtics. Just, that's what you need from your wing, all your wing players into the modern NBA. So if he's going to continue to knock down that corner three and shoot it with confidence as he's been doing, that's a great sign for the Celtics. Yeah, that's huge. That is huge for him. Uh, and to to have this come from a rookie, we did not expect this. We didn't expect him to to be f- figuring this out so soon, and for the shooting to start to come around a little bit. Now it could go away. We we know that he's he struggles with the shot, but if if he misses a couple in a row, it's possible that that can kind of fade a little bit. And it's not something I'm counting on necessarily in the playoffs, but he's. He's benefiting. He's benefiting from the minutes. He's benefiting from being on the floor with the starters. I think that's been a huge difference for him. 
along with just the natural progression of, of a rookie year and, and being able to figure out his game and where he's most comfortable, he's been playing so much with the starters that there hasn't been much focus on stopping him when he's been second unit. So I, I think that matters. I think when you're playing with Isaiah and Crowder and Horford, that to be the rookie, the fourth or fifth option, that allows him to just kind of get his offense when he's most comfortable, when the focus is on so many other people, and he can kind of get one-on-one defenders, and they're, they're, there's nobody clogging the lane because everybody else out there is a floor spacer. So it's good for him, and he can get out in transition. He's been doing a pretty good job there. So nice for Jalen Brown. Nice to see that. Hopefully it continues. Uh, I I loved – now Marcus Smart didn't have the best offensive game, but, man, he was – just all over the place. In fact, we're both typing our notes at the same time, <laughs> both mentioning Marcus Smart being a maniac, uh, which was I thought was funny. Uh, he's His effort is just amazing all the time. No matter how good or bad his offense is, he's just out there, balls out every single game. Yeah, that's he. He impacts winning. That's that's his role on this team. That's why you want him on the floor. And it's that crazy uh, effort or save he had was uh, amazing. And it was even when he has his off nights, you still you like you can't even be upset with his heaves and his long threes. He's just he's wonderful. I love Marcus Smart. <laughs> he is wonderful. So that's the game. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to get into with this game, but. Uh, Dwight Howard's an idiot. Oh yeah, let's. I had some. I had some blowback from Atlanta people after that tech because I'm pretty sure the Atlanta people were surprised that that would be a technical foul hanging on the rim like he did. But I don't. I think it was a. It was kind of a, a weak call in terms of that being the second tech to get him thrown out of the game. But I think it was in direct reaction to him the the earlier foul on Isaiah not being ruled a flagrant of any sort. I think it was like kind of you put that Isaiah foul in, then his stupid, stupid push for on Horford. It's just you just can't be stupid for like ten consecutive minutes in the NBA and expect the refs to treat you nicely. No, he's been stupid his whole career, and I, I flat out, I hate Dwight Howard. I just I can't stand his attitude. He's always out there. He's got that goofy smile on his face when he's he's. Just it rubs me the wrong way. Just rubs me the wrong way. I'm with Kevin Garnett with that paint your face clown because he is a clown. He's out there. He's completely immature, and he's never going to be mature. And as good as he can be, I don't think he's going to be any sort of uh, key piece to a winner for the rest of his career. He was so good earlier in his career. He carried Orlando to the finals. I mean that was that was peak Dwight Howard. That, those days are gone, but he's still got this goofy little attitude. And that hanging on the rim is just a perfect example of how stupid he really is. You know you've got a tech. You know things are going – that you're always the focus of things like that. Just dunk it. They even give you some leeway. But just dunk it and run up the floor. That that was if, – if that happened, if, it was, if I was a Hawks fan – I would just be livid. And even I'm a Celtics fan that helped us. I thought it would help us. And it still just drives me nuts as a basketball fan to see somebody with that much talent out there just to be such an immature asshole. 
That's all he is. Yeah, he should have he and you saw in the moment between his first tech and his second tech, he was playing with a lot more energy. It was kind of scary about kind of how dominant he was underneath the rim. He has so much potential to be still be just with that like body, his his shoulders make no sense with how wide they are. <laughs> like he's he's the largest one of the largest men I've ever seen in person. He has the potential to dominate every night. It's just his bullshit attitude preventing him every step of the way oh he drives me nuts he just absolutely drives me nuts okay well that was good that was good to vent uh, a couple of other news items uh adam himmelsbach reports that the celtics uh, are drawing some interest from andrew bogut that he looks at the celtics as a team that he thinks that he can help and he can and so the question is whether the celtics will Sign him. We'll talk to him. We'll add him to the team, which means they can pay him. But will they cut somebody? Will they cut bait on Jordan Mickey? Will they? See you, Jordan Mickey. <laughs> You're pro cutting Mickey. Yeah, I don't even care if they sign Bogut. <laughs> <laughs> bring up Abdel. Oh, I, can't, I guess they can't bring up Abdel Nader because of the weird NBA contract rules, yeah. but. I don't know. Jordan Mickey has not shown us anything. I'm generally for the Bogut signing. I think you give him the rest of your cap space and you see what he can do. And maybe he like breaks his legs and is a crippled old man like he has been the, for the early part of the season. Or maybe he gives you a little something in rim protection and rebounding and sets a bunch of illegal screens for Isaiah and he works out. So <laughs> it's definitely the type of thing you, you take a flyer on and you don't have to give anything up except for your – Jordan Mickey, so why not? Yeah, and on Twitter with the hashtag Rain and Jays, Merlin Callow, at Merlin Callow, would you rather have Bogut or Jones? Who do you think is a better fit? Uh, I mean, I think Andrew Bogut, you, know, you want to have some size, some rim protection, a guy who's at least, you know, mentally, he's, he's pretty good. He's a smart player. He's a good player. Whether his body can hold up, like you said, I don't know, but... Yeah, if we had the opportunity, I'm kind of lukewarm either way. I, I don't care. You can sign you can sign Bogut. It'll help. Maybe we'll win a couple of games. Maybe we would have won this game. Maybe we won't. I don't think he shifts or anybody shifts a playoff series. I don't think we beat Toronto versus lose to Toronto in a conference semifinal. Or I don't think he gets us past Cleveland. But sure, if you guys want that. That you want to feel good and makes it make you feel good about rooting for the Celtics this season, sure, that's fine. I, I don't. It'll be a surefire way to fire up the fire up the roster and show the team that Ainge has not given up on the season. Yes, yes. Being in megastar Andrew Bogut, it will totally cha- change everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's the idea that <laughs> that Bogut uh, could uh, he he wants to be here or at least has he thinks he might want to be here. I don't know. It's it, it well, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, and Kyle Lowry had surgery on his shooting hand, which that's that's kind of crazy. And they're hoping he'll be ready in time. They're doing it now so he could be ready for the playoffs. Uh, apparently it was just some sort of procedure to get some loose debris out of there. It's always, yeah, it's a – it's it's not a big deal, but when you say it that way, that yeah, you're just gonna cut you open and vacuum out some, you know, loose bone and tendon and whatever, just 
suck that shit right out of there. Uh, yeah, but I mean that's going to be huge. I, I don't think it really matters much in the regular season, but if he's not healthy when it comes to playoff basketball, that could change a lot. It could change a lot, and it could change the seeding at least in the in the regular season because Toronto still has to play Washington a couple of times, and if Washington sweeps those two games, then Toronto really is solidified as no better than really the fourth seed, and possibly even worse, maybe they slip down to the fifth seed. And that they lose home court, which would be a, a problem for them. And and considering all of the moves that they've made, they're they're in total go for it. Win now, it'd be kind of a shame for them to suddenly have their best player miss even part of the playoffs or not be hundred percent for the playoffs. That really hurts them a lot. Helps us. Yeah, it's not not good for the Raptors. Um, it's kind of a shame because I really like uh, Kyle Lowry's game. I think he's a just a tremendous point guard. So you kind of rather see him out at full strength. But I think it's a, it will end up being pretty big for the Celtics. Um, just in terms of what you're saying in terms of regular season, the Raptors are only two games back uh, right now. The Celtics and they, with that win the other night, won the season series three to one. So would win any tie breaks. So if you think Kyle Lowry not being in the lineup for the rest of the regular season is going to make the maybe make the Raptors a few games worse, it really could uh, impact standings. So perhaps they perhaps with Serge Ibaka and PJ Tucker they would have went on a run to tie the Celtics or maybe leapfrog them. But now it just really solidifies the Celtics as a um, likely second seed in the East. But uh, who knows at this point? It's just disappointing to. To see Kyle Lowry go down, but generally good if you're a Celtics fan. As long as he gets that uh, weird debris in his wrist, <laughs> uh, no longer floating around, uh, hopefully he'll, he'll be back for the playoffs. That'd be nice, I think. I mean, just from a basketball fan perspective, I want to see, see the Celtics win. I want to see the Celtics beat the other teams at their best. You know, I'm not rooting for any sort of injuries. But you have to be lucky. You have to be lucky in any sport. To get to to advance, every team, every sport, somewhere along the way, you have injuries. We saw it last year with the Celtics, and Avery Bradley hurt himself, had that hamstring injury in the playoffs. Who knows how that that series changes next year, and who knows what that means? Does that what could have been? Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Hoping hoping for the best for Kyle Lowry. Hoping for the best for the Boston Celtics because they've got the Cavaliers coming up on Wednesday night and they got to get their act together. They got to figure this out. Hopefully, Avery Bradley can get his shot. Um, Hopefully, Avery Bradley can come back and play more. Hopefully, Isaiah Thomas can fix his shot. And hopefully, Jalen Brown continues doing what he's doing. That would be a big help. So, tough one tonight. For the Celtics, losers, 114-98 to the Atlanta Hawks. Just can't hit a damn shot. Couldn't couldn't get it together. Could never really make it uh, a competitive game in the second half against the Hawks. It's all Danny Ainge's fault. He, for whatever reason you want to blame. Post-talk, ergo, Proctor Hawk. That's all I'm going to say. It's a good place to end it. Maybe we'll rename the podcast that. <laughs> At least this, maybe that'll be the, the episode title. Yeah, you're gonna have to email me that because I have no idea <laughs> what you're talking about. But whatever, that's fine. <laughs> Hopefully, you guys uh, have been uh, 
getting an idea of what we're talking about. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about right now. But I do know that you should download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LOCELTICS to get $20 back after you made your first ticket purchase because uh, it's a smart thing to do. You save a little bit of money. You go to a game, go to a show, go to something, whatever it is that sells tickets, it's probably on the app. Do that today. Subscribe to us if you haven't done that. If this is your first exposure to our show, welcome. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you become a regular listener. And you can do that if you subscribe on the iTunes app, on Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, anywhere that there are podcasts, you can find us. Rate us five stars if you haven't done that already. It is a uh, big help to us. It's uh, We appreciate that, and it gets the word out, and it's a way to help us spread the word and grow the show and hopefully make the show a little bit better and better than the Celtics have been tonight. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked On Celtics Podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. fashion hotline hi my family's going to a tailgate and i want our style to stand out from the crowd just go to old navy old navy yep old navy's got all the latest fall styles plus during old navy's colossal sale you'll save up to 50 percent off store-wide did you say up to 50 percent off i did so don't sit on the sidelines old navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks stylish dresses from 15 bucks and comfy tees for the family from just six bucks right now at old navy and oldnavy.com we're cheering for old navy high fashion old navy valid 10 2 to 10 10 select styles only